Welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. This week we're doing a special podcast series about China in conjunction with a special report that VOM mailed out to all of our newsletter readers about what is happening with Christians in China right now. If you haven't received that special report, you can request a copy at vomradio.net slash China. Again, that website, vomradio.net slash China to request your copy of that special report about persecution in China. We started this podcast series on Monday with a brand new interview with Cole Richards, the CEO of The Voice of the Martyrs, about what's happening in China and why it's so important to get this report out right now. If you missed that conversation, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it because it kind of sets the tone for the whole week. Today we have a conversation that I recorded two years ago inside China. On a visit to China, I sat down with one of the workers who's helping Voice of the Martyr deliver Bibles. In the course of this conversation, we don't even give him a name because his work is literally an instant ticket to three years in prison. Uh, and so we we don't give him a name in this conversation. We don't say much about where he lives or any type of specifics that could lead the authorities back to him. But I want you to listen when he talks about his family's history of persecution. And I want you to listen to when he talks about the very first time he was arrested and what was going on in his heart and his mind when that happened. Stick around after the conversation. I'm going to give you an opportunity to win a free copy of the Wormbrand small group curriculum from The Voice of the Martyrs. I know you'll want to be a part of that. Thanks for being a part of this special China Week right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Is your suitcase packed? Come with me this week to meet one of our brothers in China who is part of the underground church there. Every time he leaves home to share the gospel, he and his family know there's a possibility that he won't come back. I mean, every time I go out, I, I won't tell my wife because that's really worrying her and also the kid. And I mean, we all know if we choose to work for the Lord, you know, you will be persecuted for sure. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. We're on a trip to China this week and next week here on VOM Radio, and you'll get the chance to hear from leaders in China's illegal underground church. Next week, we're going to hear from a house church pastor about some of the challenges of his work. But today we're sitting down with a Bible smuggler, one of our VOM partners who helps us distribute God's word all over China. I had to travel light because I didn't want to look like a journalist going through security, which would draw too much attention to the people that I wanted to meet with. So I didn't have a lot of equipment. The sound quality won't be as good as the guests who come and sit down in our studio, but it's worth it to hear firsthand the joys and challenges of following Jesus Christ in China. Let's listen. 
Uh, we have a brother who's going to share with us a little bit about the Chinese church. And uh, honestly, for his protection, we're not going to use any name this week. We're just going to say our brother, and he's going to share. He's involved in the church here, as well as involved in helping Chinese Christians get Bibles. We'll talk a little bit about some of the challenges of that. So welcome, and it's great to be with you today. Hello. <laughs> what is the situation for the church right now in China? And I think uh, as a snapshot right now, is it getting better? Is it getting harder? Uh, we've heard some things about, you know, more persecution, you know, the crosses being torn down off of churches, those type of things. What's your perception of how it is for the church right now? As you guys know, last year we had uh, many cases about the uh, crosses being uh, taken off from the building. So this year we do have uh, a lot of uh, cases about underground churches being shut down. Uh, we are expecting the situation will be getting more tight. Uh, and we've seen quite a few cases in the middle of China already happen. And one of the things that is is very interesting to me, not only in China, but in the other countries where our company works, um, is how you prepare. So you've said, we think things are going to get harder, they're going to get tighter. How are you preparing for that? What are you doing to get the church ready okay. for if things really do get worse or get bad? Mm -hmm. Okay, in talking about uh, getting tighter or, you know, the situation is getting, you know, worse. Uh, actually, we, we are not, you know, we're not the people we never experienced this difficulty before. Many years ago, we had uh, so many uh, people were being persecuted. It's like, uh, although we know it's getting, getting tighter, but we know that's something we can bear, something that is not we uh, never seen. So, I mean, our forefathers and experienced that, and even for us, we, many of us, we have been persecuted. So that's just, we are, we're always ready. So you don't feel intimidated by the idea that, oh, the government's going to crack down on us or, you know, churches are going to be closed down. It doesn't sound like you feel like that's a real threat. No, no, that's, that's really something, in the, you know, in the hands of the Lord. So we know today the Chinese church, or we, we see it's uh, kind of, I mean, revival today, but uh, there is not much quality in it. So we believe uh, this happening is, is good for the, you know, clar clarifying of the church, purifying of the church. So it's normal. It's normal. One of the things that we hear from different guests is the benefits of persecution. And you just talked about right. purifying and clarifying. Yeah. Talk a little more about what you see as the blessings or the benefits that come when it is hard, when it's difficult. Persecution is like fire, you know. Uh, I've just used, used the word like purifying. If we want the pure gold, we have to let it go through fire. So today we've seen a lot, a lot uh, I should say, nominal Christians or Christians walking in the flesh or, you know, some cultural believers, Christians. I mean, Christianity in China is more popular today and it's, it's not just for the poor people. Like before, it's educated people, you know, uh, like even for the government, you know, officials and 
people think this is cool, you know, this is from West, you know, they think it's Christianity is from the West, uh, everything about the West is so cool. So like today, like Thanksgiving, the, all the festivals like, you know, Christmas and all Easter, you know, we Chinese don't even know what's, what that really means, you know, but we think it's cool, it's from the West, so everybody likes it, enjoys it. So the blessing for the church is, you know, when we're facing, we're facing the difficulties and it will be more, I mean, the, the, the serious, serious believers will stay, like, so it doesn't matter what happened, I will be, I'll be here, I'll be coming to the church every week, so I don't care about the persecution or difficult situation, so. And I know you mentioned that, that many of the believers have experienced it before. They've, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, they've come through even some going back to the Cultural Revolution and right. that far right. back. Right, What? What have you experienced mm-hmm. for following Christ in China? My grandfa- grandfather was a minister, was a pastor, and also he's a, he, he was a, a missionary from uh, Gobi province to Inner Mongolia. So he, has, he had been in, a, in prison for 10 years, over 10 years, and he faced the persecution. And I mean, 10 years for him, that was... And compared with other leaders at that time, it was short. I mean, my father was a deacon in the church, and uh, he faced the persecution and threatening by a lot of people. He refused to uh, join, you know, the uh, state church. And when I was a little kid, and he was ready every every time, because you know, at that time we we didn't have a lot of cars in in China, and every time you see you see a car, that means some people important coming. So every time we heard, we hear a, the car's engine or we saw a car's coming towards our village, my father would tell my mother, okay, prepare my clothes. I'm ready to be taken away. I grew up like that. I grew up like that. And personally for me, and I personally experienced like four, at least four times of being detained. So each time at least 15 days. And my co-workers and we, we faced, we experienced the same. And some of them being sentenced like three years or even more, you know, longer time. Let, let me ask you about the first time you were detained for 15 days. How did you respond to that? Or what happened in your heart and mm-hmm. in your faith as you went through that experience? Which, like you say, your grandfather spent 10 years right. in prison. Your father was ready to be arrested. So now you're kind of going through what you've seen others go through, but yeah. how did it change when it was you, when it was your experience? The first reaction for me is privilege. I am finally, I'm like my grandfather. The interesting thing is, you know, the five years of his uh, president was in Hebei province, and the, what happened to me was in the same province and very close to where my grandfather was. So I, I just, I felt like, you know, I'm so privileged, and in my family, this is many years ago. My grandfather was here and suffered for the Lord, and today I am here. So I just feel the privilege, and uh, also my father is like he was, so he was so happy. He said many years ago I came here, I came here to pick up your grandfather, and today I'm picking up you from the same province, very close to each other. So he 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 was like, Lord, thank you. I thank you. This that, is a, that is just, I'm picturing the people who are listening to this and they're saying, 
wait a minute, this guy got arrested? And he's like, yes, what a great blessing. This is such a privilege. That's that's earth-shattering to most of the people who are going to listen to this, that someone would go to jail and say, thank you, Lord, for this blessing that you've given me to have this experience. Right. So how, how, do, you, how do you explain that? <laughs> uh, I mean... This is uh, this is not something culture, you know. It's I think you know Christianity is really a relationship, and uh, God is real, and we have this relationship with Him. It's not just by saying, "Okay, God, we trust you," and we we trust Him, and we know the great commission He has been given us. So we are so honored to be His servant. So I mean, I I don't see any reason that we shouldn't. Be happy, shouldn't be happy. So this is really uh, a great blessing from him. By the way, and you can save people. There are people in the prison. They really help, you know, hopeless people, and they are facing, you know, death, death sentence, and they will be leaving the world. So you have the chance to share the gospel with them. You save their souls, and that what a what a blessing, you know. The first time I really experienced that miracle happening during the in the that time, beautiful time. Was there any time, especially that first time, where mm. you felt afraid or had fear, or because of your family history and your grandfather's experience, did you just see this as another step in, in what it means to follow Christ? Mm-hmm. No, actually, I think that's legacy. You know, that's just uh, my family legacy. And uh, first time I faced that, I was reported by some Buddhist we were passing tracks to that area, and uh, uh, we made sure everybody has, every family has a, has one track. And uh, we finished passing out the tracks, and uh, we we found by them, and they, they reported us to the police. And then they asked all the villagers to give back all the tracks, and they want they wanted to use broadcast, I mean uh, microphone speaker, like a bullhorn. Yep, and. Uh, they said, okay, let's find the, the leader of the village and uh, call all the villagers, give all the tracks back to us. You know what happened? No electricity had there. <laughs> <laughs> so they said, okay, we okay, forget about it. <laughs> and, and we were taken by them and put into a jail. Me and another co-worker, actually, and uh, we were together in the... I think we have to like 10 people there. So I got a chance to go out to do some work, like mow the grass and talking about mowing grass, not like you guys do that in the U.S. and just use some kind of tool. So it just, was labor. I mean, it wasn't like they yeah, just put you in a cell all day. They made you work. Yeah, I mean, that work is not very hard. It's really, you can you can go out seeing things and, I mean, but it's, it's in the yard, of course. So I got a chance to talk to the other sales prisoners so I shared the gospel with them, and a lot of them became Christians. So that's that's really amazing. And uh, some of them, they, from what they told me, is like they will be sentenced, they will be shot, like uh, after like uh, the national day. So I w- we were uh, arrested by them like before national day. So after we preached the gospel, I preached the gospel to them, and it will be national day. So they said we will be shot, we will be dead. And some of them said, let's see, let's meet in heaven again. So it was very encouraging. 
So that was years ago. Yeah, that was in nineteen ninety. You're doing work today to get the Bibles into hands of Chinese Christians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Work that could result in you going back to jail. Possibly. <laughs> Hopefully not, but possibly. No, you're not intimidated by that, though. I mean, you're not afraid of going to jail. I mean, persecution, suffering, and you can't really hide from that. I mean, if you are a real Christian, you will be persecuted. It doesn't matter. Anyway, you will be persecuted <laughs> if you want to be a godly person. I'm Todd Nettleton, and you're listening to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We're listening in on an interview that I recorded with a brother in China. We're not going to tell you anything about his identity for security reasons, and I needed to travel light in China in order not to draw unnecessary attention while interviewing members of the underground church there. So we're trading sound quality for the opportunity to hear firsthand from this brother who is risking his life for the gospel. Let's get back to our brother in China. So how do you prepare yourself? Like when you go out on a trip mm-hmm. to take Bibles to somebody, mm-hmm. how do you prepare spiritually and how do you say goodbye to your wife and knowing, well, if, you know, if this trip goes badly, mm-hmm. I'll see you in three years. <laughs> how do you... How do you prepare and get ready for that? I mean, we all know if we choose to work for the Lord sometime, I mean, maybe not now, you know, you will be persecuted for sure. But, I mean, every time I go out, I I won't tell my wife because that's really worrying her and also the kid. And, you know, I, I talk to them about the, the persecution I've faced before. But uh, I myself ready, and, and I mean, she is ready in her heart, too. I mean, there is nothing you need to be prepared. I mean, how do you prepare? You can, can you just disappear? You can go to another country, or I mean, you can't really. So just, uh, we're not bad people. We're helping our, our Chinese people. So we love them, we love the government, and you know, you you treat us you mistreat us that's your problem let's talk a little bit about the church in china and one of the one of the things you mentioned with regard to your dad is is mm-hmm. the issue of registration and not right. registration right i know some of the stories we've heard even in the last year now of persecution in the registered church in the three mm-hmm. self church mm-hmm. so it used to be kind of in my perception is the old days it was like the house church got persecuted the registered right. church got left alone. Right. It seems like now it's happening in both cases. Right. Why do the house churches choose not to be a part of the registered church? There are a lot of things changed in the registered churches. And before they were like, okay, our only, it's like the government is like the, the object of our faith. So it's like oh, everything we will depend on them. And their faith was not really faith and there's their um, they they are changed they they like the lord they they you know they teach biblically you know they are more like okay we're we want to depend on the lord 
so there's big change in them so that's why you know they're facing dif you know difficulties too so but you know for us as underground churches house churches we don't we just don't want that trouble we just want to you know purely depend on the lord i mean we are good citizens but we're not saying we're against our government or anything like that we pay tax and we do anything you know we pray for the government we do everything you know every time every disaster happened earthquake or you know bad things happen the christians will be helping them so we have a good reputation for so but we just think okay we don't want that name like okay organization thing yeah we just want to be so it's interesting to me that the persecution on the registered church is coming because there has been revival in the church and yes. the church is genuinely preaching the gospel yes. and that obviously makes the government uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so the same reason that the house churches make the government uncomfortable, mm -hmm. now the registered churches are doing the same thing and which is why that persecution is coming. Yeah. Is there and this <laughs> China's a huge country, so this is a big question. Mm -hmm. What is the relationship between the registered church and the house churches? Do they ever cooperate and work together? Do they kind of stay completely separate from each other, or is it different in every different place? Uh, like what I just said about my my grandfather's persecution, the first time he was in jail for in the prison for five years was reported by the believers in the three self in the in the state church. Wow. And I mean brothers. Mm -hmm. Like they go they went to a place to visit visit brother in the Lord and okay they said, Okay, just wait and uh, you know, I will be back. And they brought somebody. So he was arrested. And I mean there is hatred. There's I, I have a pastor friend who has like a, probably he's leading like ten thousand believers and he's a three self church leader. Turn out like okay, the government is saying you are the biggest house church in this area. <laughs> like you turn the state church into a house church, <laughs> and what are you doing? You know, working together a lot in many uh, you know situations. I'm telling you know the, my friends and our you know, our students in the Bible class. I I told them just don't ever you know hate the state state church and you know. Just love them. Just you know, help each other. Let's talk a little bit about Bibles because I know part of your work and part of the work that our organization helps with mm -hmm. is getting Bibles to Chinese Christians. Right, right. What's the status of of the Bible as far as if the average Christian mm -hmm. wants to go get a Bible? Can they? Can they get one? Can they buy one? Is it legal? And then, why do we still need help to get? more Bibles. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Today, uh, I, I, I would say most of the Bibles we're buying and distributing are to the underground churches. And for the underground churches, you know, if you want to buy Bibles, they, they are going to ask you what church are you belong to. You know, all, all kinds of questions they will ask you. And, you know, so uh, it's, it's not like, okay, the three self church, or they know okay, okay, this church, this the name of the church and the name of the leader. Okay, we know them. Okay, you have how many, you know, how big congregation you are, you have. So they know everything. They just sell 
the Bibles to you, but for the underground churches, they don't know the exact numbers, they don't know the leadership, so they kind of feel like, okay, you know, is that true, or we just, we don't want to help you guys. So if, if one person walks into a three-self church and says, I want to buy a Bible, probably they can't. They can, yes, they can. Okay. But if they say, I want to buy a hundred Bibles, that's almost impossible. Okay. okay. Yeah, almost impossible. So that's what uh, our organization is helping is to fill mm -hmm. that gap right. for the house churches that can't get right. hundreds or thousands of Bibles, which is what they need. Right. The state churches are not everywhere, only in the counties or in, in, the, in the cities and counties, but not really in the you know, remote places like villages. So if our poor villager believer and he wants to get a Bible, he has to go take a bus and, you know, travel like the whole day to get a Bible. Sometimes it's not really convenient to do that. So, I mean, if we can do something for them, we just, you know, put a Bible in their hand. You know, what a privilege that will that be, you know, save a lot of trouble, a lot of money for them. I mean, if we have this thing, we have this, you know, we have the strength to help them, why not? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As we finish up, I want you to equip our listeners to pray for China. What are some specific ways that, that Christians in America can pray for the church here and pray for the nation of China? So as we just uh, talked about the persecution, I mean, it's coming. It's coming. We know the Lord is coming back. So we're, we, can't, we can't expect everything will be good, earthly things. And also we've seen things happening um, here. We ask you guys to pray for us, to just ask the Lord to strengthen us, give us hope, and let us know whatever happened on the earth is temporary. And uh, what will be in heaven, that's eternal. So just uh, pray for us and uh, encourage us. Uh, we know it's uh, giving us Bibles and support. That's a big, already has a big support. We know you are part of the ministry here in China. Yeah, you're, you guys doing, already doing a big thing, a big favor, and, you know, for, for the Chinese churches. So just pray for us and stand firm in the Lord. No matter what happened, faithful to Him. Thank you very much for your ministry and thank you for sharing with us because I think your story will inspire many people thank you. hopefully to live more boldly for Christ. Uh, the fact that you talk about persecution is part of following Christ. Mm -hmm. Many Americans don't have that understanding yet. Uh, so I think this is very valuable to them. So I just, I want to say thank you. And I want to encourage our listeners to pray for China, uh, pray for the Bible work that's going on, pray for the church work as they think about things getting tougher, getting maybe more difficult in the short term. Uh, just pray for strength and encouragement for them. Mm -hmm. Brother, thank you very much for thank being you. with us thank today. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. This conversation has been a part of a special China Week here at the Voice of the Martyrs radio podcast. 
This is in conjunction with a written report that was issued by the Voice of the Martyrs this week about persecution in China. If you did not receive that special report in your mailbox, you can request a copy, vomradio.net slash China. vomradio.net slash China. Just uh, fill out the form and request a copy of that special report about China. You are going to want to join us again tomorrow. We met Brother Joel on Tuesday this week. We're going to hear again from him tomorrow a little more in-depth about Bible delivery and getting scriptures out to our brothers and sisters in China I'll never forget the first time that I interviewed Brother Joel, and it's it's getting to be the end of the year. It may be at your office performance appraisal time. Brother Joel talked about in that first interview the way his performance appraisals go with his workers in China who are distributing Bibles. One of the first questions he asks is, are you ready to go to jail for three years in order to continue working with us to get Bibles out to China's churches and China's Christians? Because every one of those workers faces that possibility. And so that literally is one of the questions he asks as a part of their performance appraisal, are you ready to go to jail? Uh, Think about that as you open your Bible and have your personal devotions today. And then join us tomorrow as Brother Joel, again, is back with us to share more in-depth about getting Bibles out to China. You won't want to miss that as part of the special China Week here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. One more thing before you go. We are always trying to reach new listeners with the stories of our persecuted family. One way that you can help us do that is by giving a rating or a review of this podcast on your favorite podcast service. Those ratings affect how many people see our podcast in the listings. They also affect how likely they are to give it a try, to listen to one episode of VOM Radio. So to help motivate you to post a review and a rating, we're having a little giveaway. Between December 11 and December 19, if you'll post a rating on iTunes or Google Play Music or one of the other podcast services, Then send me a screenshot of your review along with your mailing address. We're going to draw five people to receive a free copy of the Wormbrand Curriculum Kit. This is a six-week video-based curriculum to help your small group or Sunday school class look at and learn from the lives and the faith of Richard and Sabina Wormbrand, the founders of The Voice of the Martyrs. So post a review of VOM Radio on your favorite podcast service. Then send me a screenshot of the review to radio at vom.org. Again, that address, radio at vom.org. We're going to draw five names out of those that post reviews, and I'll send them a Wormbrand curriculum kit. Radio at vom.org. And include your name and your physical mailing address in the email so that if you win, I can send that curriculum kit to you. We're finished for the day. I hope you'll come back and join us further tomorrow as we learn more about the church in China. But as we stop, will you just take a few moments right now to pray for China? Pray for Bible distribution. Pray for God's word going out. Pray for the workers who are involved in this work that could go to jail. Just right now as we stop, take a few moments and pray for our brothers and sisters in China.